Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from our nation's capital. President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion pandemic relief package. We're not going to hear any more about Operation Warp Speed. They're going to be calling it the COVID response. We're talking right now about 2024 jockeying amongst Republicans. Bloomberg Sound Off. The insiders, the influencers, the insights. Biden has promised again and again that he will unite the country. Who do you think Biden has to watch in terms of moderate defectors? The House has been voting for this stimulus package. It's basically for months. This is Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg Radio. President Joe Biden digs in on $1,400 stimulus checks. This, as Republicans say, they don't have enough money to spend the cash. I've got an exclusive interview with Senator Marsha Blackburn. I also asked her about Robin Hood and... Uh, GameStop. You don't want to miss that conversation. Plus, he will not be coming back. Former President Donald Trump says he will not be appearing at next week's impeachment trial. We've got a lot to get through, but first, let's get a check of the markets from Charlie Pellet. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio Jam-Packed Show uh, for today. And we're going to be talking all about Marjorie Taylor Greene and monitoring this vote that is happening this hour in the House of Representatives to strip her of her committee assignments. I will bring you those developments as they happen. But we begin tonight with the big story. And that, of course, is the Senate proceeded earlier today with the next step in the complex process of fast-tracking President Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID-19 relief plan through Congress without Republican support. The chamber is expected to be tied up for hours voting on a series of proposed amendments to a budget resolution for 2021. And between the two parties, get ready for this. You ready? More than 550 amendments were filed. They call it a Voterama. I've got sound on the Voterama from White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, who told reporters today that the president remains firm on his insistence that a $1,400 checks be part of the aid that goes out to Americans. There's a process underway in Congress. Uh, next week, the committees will be doing the work that they should be doing, that they do through the, recon the budget reconciliation process. We have been very clear about our own view of the urgency here, and we're hopeful that uh, and we're confident that uh, Congress shares our view of that. The White House has been bolstered by the support that the $1.9 trillion package received on Wednesday of this week once the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives voted to advance the measure. I've got sound on that from Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. 
we passed a budget resolution that paves the way uh, for the passage of landmark coronavirus legislation that will save lives and livelihoods. It is a reasonable plan. It meets the needs. It is not excessive. It is coronavirus-centric. It is in a timely fashion, and that's where we have to go. Most Republicans say it's too much money too soon, but they've been really breaking in some moderate wings of the party, as Senator Mitt Romney, a Republican from Utah, has put out a proposal earlier today that would appear to be potentially a bridge for compromise. And it's that compromise that President Joe Biden wants to see happen today because he came out uh, and once again reiterated the need for fiscal stimulus. I want to welcome to the conversation Fred Hochberg, the former Export-Import Bank chairman in the Obama administration. He is the author of the book Trade is Not a Four-Letter Word. And Matt Gorman, who is vice president at Targeted Victory and former NRCC communications director. Matt, I'll begin with you. Are any Republicans going to vote in favor of the $1.9 trillion plan? Uh, Not as is. Uh, Thanks for having me, Kevin. Look, I think even when Mitt Romney is saying this is too expensive and there needs to be changes to it, um, I think that's a red flag. Quite frankly, what I'd be the question I'd be asking, quite frankly, is whether Manchin's going to vote for it. He's the key. Mm. Um, I, I think you know whether or not they can come to a bipartisan consensus, it would have to probably be under a trillion dollars. But what can Joe Manchin stomach? He's already made it clear fifteen dollar minimum wage. Whether or not it's okay by the bird rules off the table, uh, that's what I would. That's what I'm really curious about and following. You know, I was struck by uh, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, Fred Hochberg, who spoke earlier today on ABC's Good Morning America, and, and she really continued to double down on this need for economic stimulus. And this, as U.S. jobless claims, declined last week by more than forecast, according to the latest uh, financial uh, economic data, rather, uh, that came out earlier today. Tomorrow, a jobs report uh, is set to be released, and the forecast is expected to show the labor market added about 100,000 jobs in January after a 140,000 decline in December. It's not the type of pace of a recovery that any Republican nor Democrat would like to see happen, Fred Fred Hochberg. You know, this has been a giant uh, shock to our, not just our economy, but to American psyche and the world. And one of the things that we're going to see coming out of COVID, and I think we can begin to see around the corner, is there's going to be a whole repatterning of our economy, that a number of jobs will not reappear, will not get hired back. And those are not just going to be retail jobs. I think there's going to be a lot of white-collar, middle-management jobs that are not going to find their way back into the job ranks. So I think that the, the long-term sort of scarring of the economy is quite severe and hard to perfectly forecast. So uh, looking for a bigger bill, looking to make sure we uh, do everything possible is, is clearly uh, a, a good requirement, an important requirement at a time like this. We have not faced something quite this severe before. It is very different from the financial crisis of 08. So, Fred, I mean, when you hear uh, someone like Matt Gorman raise the the very real prospects of of whether or not Senator Joe Manchin will come out in favor of this, I mean, you know this. You know the political landscape. You served in the Obama administration in the financial crowd. And you know that there are many Republicans who are incredibly uncomfortable with spending this amount of money. 
do Democrats have any votes to spare? Uh, not that's not my no. I don't think they have any votes to spare. I don't think they have any votes. But you know, it's hard to it's hard to get all upset about the Republicans worrying about spending after that giant tax bill they passed without uh, a second thought. So when you said, so, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, Matt Gorman, Fred Hochberg right there laying out uh, that, you know, every government spending as it relates is in the eye of the beholder about whether or not one man's pork is another person's, you know, tr- uh, tax break. And so, Matt Gorman, when you hear the lay of the land, do you think as you're staring down the, the next midterm cycle that any Republicans will have cover if they want to vote for one point nine trillion dollars? Or is that a non-starter issue with the base and and should they even be willing to negotiate on this or is it just a non-starter well i think dems should right because if biden wants a more robust package in theory he needs 60 votes for it to go off of uh the the reconciliation package that's where those 10 republicans should come into play and those are serious folks um they're not you know yahoos uh, and Susan Collins and Joe Manchin are probably the closest senators to each other from the other party in the Senate. They're closest friends, I should say. And so I think how one goes, you could sit and try to influence the other a little bit. Um, and I think one of the other interesting things, I, again, I took note when Mitt Romney was really critical of, of this package uh, and how they were so different on it. One thing he did note is we haven't spent the money in a lot of in the four other packages, um, which is an interesting point. And so, again, I, I think that uh, there needs to be some rethinking if they really want Republican votes on this. Matt Gorman's with me. He's the vice president at Targeted Victory and the former NRCC communications director. So is Fred Hochberg, former Export-Import Bank chairman. He's author of the book Trade is Not a Four-Letter Word. Coming up, we're going to be carefully monitoring the, the brewing bubbling over of, the, of this Marjorie Taylor Green story and this vote that's happening this hour back on Capitol Hill. Matt, I'm going to ask you about this, but uh, I, I before we talk about the Republican divide, I want to double down on this other story that is not getting as much attention, and that's the divide within the Democratic Party, specifically over the need for more type of progressive policies on the economy. I was struck by this when you've got Secretary Yellen. Secretary Yellen is... Uh, talking about you know GameStop and 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 having a, a meeting of the mind, so to speak, with regards to financial regulations. But uh, on the issue of of the AOC versus the Joe Manchin, I think this is a story Washington's missing. I, I think you're right, um, and and I think if if Republican or Democrats had a bigger majority in the House, we'd see this fight a little more. Uh, at play here, they're going to be very hard pressed to get some of these packages through with such a slim majority. Especially if Adam Schiff, as rumored, is going to be going packing his bags for Sacramento for the California Attorney General job. Um, and one fight to keep your eye on, maybe maybe I'm spoiling my what I'm watching for here is the fight over Pago. Um, if you know, again, Fred is probably well more well versed than I am. I got the math, but um, you know, as I understand it. Reconciliation triggers pay-go rules, which could cut, per a 2010 law, some safety net programs, including Medicare. Um, they fixed it during the, the tax reform legislation that Fred mentioned. If they don't this time, it gives Republicans a major talking point, like we had in 2010, where Obama cut Medicare to pay for Obamacare. 
uh, if that happens this time, we have a great issue to run on in 2020. Fred, uh, Fred, do you agree with that or no? Well, partly, I, as you know, I've looked at this reconciliation and 550 amendments, which are not serious amendments. They are meant to simply embarrass uh, uh, members, uh, slow the process down. They're not genuine, serious amendments. And I think at some point, voters are getting are going to get tired because they think about if they're on their PTA or in a local city council, people vote yes or no. Do you want to do this or not? And there's not a lot of maneuvering to a avoid a vote or make it so obscure that it's hard to follow. And I think that. I think that's one of the concerns I have about the direction we've been going in the last several years. All right, we'll we'll continue this conversation. And coming up, my interview with Senator Marsha Blackburn, Matt Gorman, Fred Hochberg. I'm Kevin Cerilli. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business, demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and Bloomberg Radio, accompanied by Matt Gorman, VP at Target of Victory, former NRCC Comms Director, Fred Hochberg, former XM Bank Chairman, author of the book Trade is Not a Four-Letter Word. If you need a primer on trade policy for USTR, read Trade is Not a Four-Letter Word. In terms of the lay of the land, the geopolitical landscape, Fred does a good job of uh, I used to cover Fred. Fred, remember when I used to cover you back when you were uh, the, the chairman of the bank and I was just a young reporter on Capitol Hill hey, I re- trying I to get an interview? Well, I- he never gave me an interview, for the record. Never gave me oh, an interview. Yes. He would oh, go on every Lord other— I'm not done, Fred. Back then, I was just oh, a I'm print reporter, and, I, and he would go on every radio network, including this one— and I would go to his uh, communications, former communications director, and I would say, "What? I, I write about your the chairman all the time. He will not talk to me." And Fred, you never talk to me. Now you talk to me all the time. You no, know, I was I was under uh, my my communications people kept me under lock and key. <laughs> <laughs> I had to get a hold pass to get out. You know, one thing about Delco, I hold a grudge. Okay, uh, I don't know if you've been following. We are carefully following this development up on Capitol Hill with regards to the Republican caucus divide. It's It's been fascinating. I was up there all day, Mac Gorman, uh, talking, checking in with, with some socially distanced staffers and sources as— and on the Republican side, and I have to be candid here, and you know this, no one wants to talk publicly about Congresswoman Marjorie 
uh, a Taylor Green, and no one wants to talk about the tension between leadership and Congresswoman Liz Cheney, uh, who voted, of course, for impeachment. But that is all anybody is talking about behind the scenes, Matt Gorman. Is that what's true in your neck of the woods? Uh, it is. And, and I got to tell you, I, all the credit to, to, to Liz Cheney, uh, more than a few Republicans really thought that she was not going to be on the positive end of that vote. And a credit to her team and the whip operation uh, she had there. Uh, from what I've heard, the McCarthy speech, he, he gave a very rousing speech and really kind of used a lot of political capital to keep her on the team. And they, and they say that might have been close, but that really extended the margins quite a well, bit. Well, let's go back out, behind the right. scenes. Let's go behind the yeah. scenes. Billy House does a great job of this reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal. But if you're just joining us, the House Republicans voted yesterday, of course, to keep Wyoming Congresswoman Liz Cheney in her House leadership role rebuffing an attempt to remove her three weeks after she voted with Democrats to impeach former President Donald Trump. The vote, as, as Matt Gorman just alluded to, was 145 and to 61, with one member voting present. And it comes at the end of an emotional four-hour meeting. So for four hours, Matt, I mean, you've been in these meetings. You've observed these meetings. You know the members. For them to talk about this particular issue for four hours, I mean, I, I, put, try to put this in perspective in terms of where the Republican Party goes from here, and not even where they go from here, where they are right now in this moment. A couple of things. Uh, four hours is absolutely unheard of. Usually these things are maybe an hour, maybe. Once the Chick-fil-A gets cold, the back of the room. <laughs> People are out of there. And that's, um, a, and that's not even a joke. They're catered by Chick-fil-A. No, and so, it's, so if you're listening to us, I mean, this is how we, Matt Gorman is so inside inside the beltway that he knows the catering menu of the meetings. Go ahead, Gorman. It's always Chick-fil-A. Yeah. And also, people are always transient. They come in and out. They're there 20 minutes late. They leave 20 minutes early. They stayed there for four hours the entire time for the most part. Wow. So that is big. Um, so... Look, to your broader point, the short answer is we don't know. And if you were to ask Democrats four years of the day, they would, they would be intellectually honest. They would say the same thing, right? So much of it depends on what Donald Trump does. I think the news vacuum around Marjorie Taylor Greene has filled a vacuum that was once saved for Donald Trump. I'm very surprised he's been so quiet. I don't think that'll last forever. Um, but it also, Twitter. again— it, it, well, again, but like I'm surprised he hasn't called into cable news, right? Like that, he's been very quiet on that. That was his hallmark in 2015 when he was running. Mm -hmm. um, so I think a lot depends on that. And quite frankly, uh, it's a little too early for the presidential candidates, but uh, how Joe Biden does outreach to the Hill will determine whether or not, you know, Mitch McConnell is really rising in stature or McCarthy, if they, if Pelosi needs votes in the House to pass some agenda. It's going to be a delicate balance, but the short answer is we don't know. Matt, you know, I, this has been my reporter question of the day in my notebook when I was heading on up there. And, and I'm going to put it to you now because I've gotten, I'm curious to see what you say. And that's for a Republican right now, which is a tougher vote? Voting to convict President Trump or voting for $1.9 trillion stimulus? Oh, voting to convict Donald Trump. So um, you, this, is, see, this, this matters. This matters because, it, because you could set up a situation for political cover if you vote for $1.9 
trillion dollars in the sense that you could the the the, the conviction vote is more controversial. Matt Gorman, final word. Uh, absolutely more controversial. You can you can spin it. You can say that it's an emergency. You know, people need the relief. You know, on and on and on. Um, the, the the Trump it's such a visceral reaction, and it's it's fifty fifty split. You know, of, of this country. You know, maybe probably less. I'm I'm being kind of you know yeah. loose, but it, it is um, that is you know, very, very different than Apollo. It's, a, it's such a great point. Panel stays for the next segment. We're going to continue this conversation. I mean, Tom Keene on Bloomberg Surveillance. I mean, this is my takeaway uh, for, for the next couple of days is that the next week's trial only sucks the political oxygen out of the room, but emboldens the chances even further of that stimulus passing. I'm Kevin Cerulli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg TV and Radio. This is Bloomberg. I'm Kevin Cerulli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio, talking with Matt Gorman, uh, Vice President at Targeted Victory and former NRCC Communications Director, and Fred Hochberg, former Export-Import Bank Chairman, author of Trade is Not a Four-Letter Word. You know, it is my first day back from uh, vacation. I joked about it with my friend Carol Master earlier on Bloomberg Business Week, but I, I slept for two weeks, folks, literally. I, I woke up from a two-week slumber caught my breath, and here we go. So I go up to Capitol Hill uh, today, check in with the, the sources. And Matt, I don't know if you've been up there uh, recently, but th- there's now about 7,000 troops that are still in Washington, D.C., down from the twenty five to 28,000 that were here uh, leading up to inauguration. And the, the compound is still fenced in uh, with uh, barbed wire, and various checkpoints that you have to go into. It, it, it looks completely different than the nearly decade I've been in Washington covering Capitol Hill and politics. And it's, it's very eerie to continue to go up there. But the only, in this pandemic world, the political industry culture is run just like every other industry via virtual hearings. Some staffers go in, some members present, uh, in the hearing rooms, in the committee rooms. But I would say it's split in terms of uh, uh, folks being there. And then the only thing, and this is the point here because I've got sound on it, that people were talking about today was freshman Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. She delivered a speech today on the House floor trying to turn the page from the controversy that has not just engulfed her district's office, but also... The Republican Party, we were discussing earlier uh, the four-hour meeting that was held last night for Republican caucus members to decide whether or not Liz Cheney should still be in leadership. Four hours that they were talking about that. And I'm bringing this up if you're listening and you're thinking, why am I spending so much time on this? Because this is the only item that Republicans have truly, truly dominated the talk, the talk of the town. And I want to play for you some sound on from Marjorie Green Taylor's House floor speech today in which she said that she believes 9-11 happened. She was because of the political pressure, whether you think it's created, needed, not needed. A freshman congresswoman had to deliver the following remarks on the House floor today. Here she is. I also want to tell you 9-11 absolutely happened I remember that day crying all day long, watching it on the news. 
and it's a tragedy for anyone to say it didn't happen. And so that I definitely want to tell you, I do not believe that it's fake. I also want to tell you that we've got to do better. You see, big media companies can take teeny tiny pieces of words that I've said, that you have said, any of us, and can portray us into someone that we're not. And that is wrong. She went on to say that she no longer condones QAnon. I've got sound on that as well. Here she is. I was allowed to believe things that weren't true, and I would ask questions, questions about them and talk about them. And that is absolutely what I regret. Matt Gorman, perspective here on the challenges that Republicans face for the party in which just a couple of weeks ago they felt so emboldened about taking back control of the House of Representatives when the only thing that has dominated the discussion in the past 24 hours, not $1.9 trillion in stimulus, but on the Republican congresswoman from Georgia. Yeah, as I said earlier, I think part of this is a vacuum um, with, without Trump, and I think that's kind of why the, a lot of these comments from before she was elected kind of come to light. Um you know, I also think that if Democrats think this is going to be an issue that, which they can run on, I think they're sold a mistake. And I think it's something that you know, I, I saw, you know, Democrats in Congress touting this, you know, QAnon as something they're going to use with the suburbs. I, I, if they do that, they're sorely misguided. It's one of those things, I think, that only appeals to people inside the Beltway. If you've you got to be talking about, again, stimulus people's pocketbooks, et cetera. I also think, I, I think they're voting or they have voted to likely strip her from her committees. I do worry whether or not it is a similar situation as, you know, we've seen in the Senate where, especially around uh, judiciary appointments, where one side does something, the other escalates and on and on and on it goes. You know, if Republicans take back the House, you can be almost guaranteed they're going to do the same to folks like Ilhan Omar and others. So, there are a couple things at play. I, I I do worry about the precedent of that last one. Fred Hopper, come in here on the precedent uh, for for what this could mean, and just about the the how QAnon has been pushed to to the forefront of of dominating the discussion in the House of Representatives today. <laughs> no Democratic member of Congress has threatened the lives of Republican members. No Democratic members have have to go on the House floor and, and say, oh, 9-11 did happen, obviously rebutting a former thing. So this is an entirely different level of, of sort of not acting as a member of Congress should be acting. And, you know, uh, the Republican Party is going, it has its own civil war going on. It's a civil war about what's going to be the role of Trump and the Trump wing and, and more traditional Democrat, uh, Republicans like Liz Cheney. I mean, the fact that uh, it may have been a four-hour debate, but it was an overwhelming vote for Liz Cheney. And it says privately where many of those members in private feel the party should be going. Um, and so that's, that's the challenge that, that, that the GOP is going to be having over the next several years. But, you know, I'm not a Republican. I'm not an expert on this, but certainly from where I sit, that's what that looks like to me. You know, I think I think you make a really f a good point, though, Fred, in terms of because you've participated in these meetings, you've testified on Capitol Hill, you've overseen the Export-Import Bank and, and been through uh, confirmation processes and, and whatnot. And and I, I think that if you're outside of Washington and you're not consuming this, 
from a cable news perspective, and you're, it, it, it really does bear repeating, just in having covered it today, that this was all any of them were talking about in an environment that is literally fenced in with barbed wire. Thank you, panel. Coming up, Senator Marsha Blackburn. I'm Kevin Cirilli. This is Bloomberg Radio. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large sized businesses like yours effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio, joined by Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican from Tennessee. Senator, thank you for joining us. A lot of topics to cover, but let's start with commerce policy, because Commerce Secretary nominee Gina Raimondo has said that she doesn't think President Biden will remove former President Trump's Huawei restrictions. What can you tell us about her latest comments and policies regarding Huawei? We think that Huawei should be restricted. The fact that Huawei intentionally embeds spyware into their hardware, the fact that these microchips are not seen or known until they activate within that system. We know that China is trying to build a database, if you will, that is built off of images of individuals. We know they're also trying to connect, uh, collect DNA data. They're trying to merge this information. This is all part of their global dominance campaign. It is what they are looking to do in the 21st century. So, since we are aware of this, since we know this, since we know that you never know where the Chinese commercial sector and the military sector begin and end, they even call it civil military fusion. We think it is wise that we not allow Huawei to be used by any of our U.S. entities or by our allies. So we want to make certain that Huawei stays out of our purchasing process. It is of concern to us that um, Ms. Raimondo, Governor Raimondo, may be open to allowing Huawei into this process. 
So you you think that because uh, according to a a response that she gave to members of uh, the committee that is uh, overseeing the Senate Republicans uh, who are overseeing her confirmation process, she said that quote I understand that parties are placed on the entity list and the military end user list generally because they pose a risk to U.S. national security or foreign policy interests. I currently have no reason to believe that entities on those lists should not be there. If confirmed, I look forward to a briefing on these entities of and others of concerns. It sounds like she's not suggesting that she wants to remove Huawei from this list. It, but what we want to make certain of is that we do not have any of these companies, Huawei, ZTE, any of them allowed back into the process. And our concern is with some of the statements that are coming from the Biden administration and decisions that are being made that are going soft on China. This is of concern to us. You can look at energy policy. You can look at some of the comments that are made in relation to trade or mm -hmm. other components. And Kevin, we are being very watchful of this. We are very concerned about any steps that would make it easier for China to achieve their goal of global dominance. We're very concerned about comments that are made that would not hold the Chinese Communist Party responsible for the human rights violations. We're concerned about statements that would make it yep. easier for the Chinese military to advance their goals. And as, as you and I are having this conversation, I mean, there's been so much in the tech space, and you, of course, are one of the leading Republicans on the tech issue. GameStop has been uh, in the news and in the headlines. Senator Ted Cruz has come out. Uh, some strange political bedfellows, to be candid with you, Senator, where he and AOC are agreeing even on some potential policies uh, publicly. What do you think should be done, or do you have concerns about how Robin Hood acted with regards to GameStop? Yeah, you know, we're watching all of this, and I think that uh, there will be heroes, villains, and lessons in this entire process. And we don't know yet exactly where there was bad actors or fraud, but we do know Senate banking, House finance, uh, Janet Yellen is assembling a group to cover this. But what we do know is that Republicans, and this would be my message to Wall Street, they have pushed for a deregulatory environment. We know that there are some on the left that would like to micromanage the hedge funds and how they operate. To Main Street, I would say it is important to us that everyone, Main Street and Wall Street, have access to the marketplace. And we will watch the information that comes forward as the hearings and the oversight is conducted in the coming weeks. I got two more questions for you quickly. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney, Republican of Utah, he's come out uh, with some child care credits for economic stimulus uh, uh, between $3,000 and $4,000 per child. Uh, have you been following this? Do you, are you supportive of the $1.9 trillion stimulus, or do you think that Americans cannot afford this right now? The stimulus or the assistance or the COVID relief, whatever someone is wanting to call it, it should be targeted, it should be temporary, it should be timely. And that was our problem back in July and August and September. 
twice in October, November, when we put bipartisan stimulus and COVID relief packages forward. Our problem right now is we've done five bills that were bipartisan, and now what are the Democrats doing? They are trying to go it alone. They didn't want a pared-down $600 billion package. They don't want to break it apart so that we can target money that is needed to families, to individuals who lost their job through no fault of their own, to vaccine development and production and distribution. So this is a, a frustrating process, but I think what you're going to see is all of this talk of unity that you are getting from the administration, what they're looking for is submission and they're looking for conformity. And our approach was very different on these issues. And finally, should President Trump testify next week in the trial as Democrats have asked? I have to tell you, this uh, impeachment for a former president is something I view as unconstitutional. And quite frankly, I, I think that the Democrats need to think this one through a little bit. If you're going to impeach, which would be to convict and remove from office, uh, then you have to think about the fact that you would open the door to impeaching former presidents for any of the actions or civil officers. So do you really want to go down this path and change the way impeachment has been used? From earlier today with Senator Marsha Blackburn, a Republican uh, from Tennessee, and, and headlines crossing the Bloomberg terminal about GameStop in particular, uh, and the meeting that we are carefully uh, following uh, from GameStop. We should note also that uh, Joe Biden's administration has officially withdrawn Judy Shelton's nomination for the Federal Reserve Board. Again, headline crossing the Bloomberg terminal uh, that the Biden administration has officially withdrawn Judy Shelton's nomination uh, for the Federal Reserve. That was expected. That was expected to be candid. Uh, but you know, uh, no surprise there. What we don't know is who, whom, rather, President uh, Biden will select in replace of that. But we'll find out. Tomorrow, of course, is the first jobs day of the administration. So the president's economic team will be flooding the airways. And we will actually get an interview tomorrow with Bharat Ramarudi, deputy director of the National Economic Council, uh, who is going to break down uh, the the latest jobs numbers and a headline crossing the Bloomberg terminal now from the Treasury Department and Federal Reserve, uh, a former Federal Reserve Chairwoman Janet Yellen. She says that she has continued for the Securities and Exchange Commission uh, to uh, put together a regulatory study on high volatility and heavy trading volume and that they all agreed on the importance of the SEC releasing a timely study of the events. Of course, this comes following uh, the GameStop developments. February is Black History Month and Bloomberg Radio is celebrating the pivotal moment in U.S. Black history throughout the month. And here with today's installments is Bloomberg's Renita Young. 
On this day in black history in 1996, Republican Oklahoma Representative Julius Caesar, also known as J.C. Watts, became the first African-American to respond to a State of the Union address. He delivered the GOP response to then-President Bill Clinton's State of the Union. Watts was the first black representative elected from Oklahoma and the first Republican to win the district in 72 years. He was also one of two black Republicans in Congress in his freshman term. Watts quickly became one of the GOP's most visible spokesmen. That's Today in Black History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks for that, Renita. Uh, and I, I got to say, I got to give my special thanks to uh, two of my teammates, uh, 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 Rick Davis, as well as uh, Jeannie Shazeno, uh, for helping me out in the last two weeks and really doing such a great job. I was able to listen to some of the show. I sent them a text. I said, show sounds great. Rick texts me back and goes, what are you doing listening to your job on your vacation? I said, I can't get enough of Rick Davis. You know, he's always bringing me insights. So I have a lot of gratitude uh, for for the team. They make me sound so smart. And of course, to Christine Barada for holding down the fort, our executive producer. Don't miss tomorrow. We've got all of the jobs data, uh, reaction analysis. That does it for me. I'm Kevin Cirilli. This is Bloomberg. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.